this side of heaven. Uh, I'm going to take us to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. If you got your Bibles, open them up. I'm waiting to hear pages for those of you who were here a few weeks ago. Matthew chapter 6. Did I say 4? Did I say 4? 6. Okay. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. The heading in your Bible, if, you, if, you're, if you're looking at it, may say something like this, the cure for anxiety. Um, here's the problem. I, I struggle with the headlines at times because sometimes they lead us away from what the, the, the actual scripture is talking about. But I really do like this one because I think it gets you pumped to read this piece of scripture, okay? So it says this in verse 25. It says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. Ha! How many of you have ever been where I've been before and you read something in the Bible and you're like, yeah, that's nice. All right, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Some of you right now are already thinking about lunch. Or about your body, what you will wear. And then, then this question is asked, isn't, isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky that don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you, here it is, aren't you worth more than they? If anybody's in here today and you're questioning your worth and you're questioning your value, if you don't hear anything else out of this message today, I just want you to know that you're worth more than a bird, at least, okay? <laughs> According to scripture. Can any of you, here's another great question, I love this, can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. Yet they don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry, there it is again, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Come on, somebody. Today, as we continue on in our series, This Side of Heaven, I want to speak to you from the subject, Consider the Swallow. Consider the Swallow. As we deal with the issue of worry in our lives, This Side of Heaven. We pray with me just one more time today? Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and it is active, it is powerful. And so God, once again, we've come together as, as a community of faith. Many of us on various parts and of that faith journey. We've come together and we've communed and we've worshiped and we've set you as high above all things. And so now we come to your word. It is authoritative, it is truth, it is real. It has the ability to cut to the deepest parts of who we are. And so right now, by the counsel of your word, I pray that you would bring light and hope, grace, and joy to our lives. I pray that where truth is applied, you would bring freedom right now, God. We thank you once again that we have the ability to come to your word and hear what it is that you're saying to us. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and the church shouted. Um, so I had the distinct um, privilege and opportunity this week to go on a trip with about 15 other pastors. We gathered in, in Montana. We were off the grid for a while. And part of our time together was uh, being able to go on a guided fly fishing trip. 
And uh, I love any any fly fishers in here. Any fly fishermen people? Okay, four of like cool. Just so y'all know, we're the nerds. Okay, so um, but I love I love fly fishing. It's it's one of my passions, and I had the opportunity to float down a river with uh, my guide and, and one other guy. And on the second day of our of our float, I, I found myself not paying so much attention to the fish as I was paying attention to the birds. And as I watched these swallows, tons of swallows everywhere, just fly around the river. And they would, they would come at us and sometimes they would fly like just right between us in the boat and they would hit the water and they were around the trees and they were getting bugs and they were doing their life as a, as a bird. And I'm not gonna lie to you. How many of you agree with me? 2020, 2021 has been rough. It's been hard, right? And as I sat there and I watched these birds, I thought to myself, man, it must be nice to be a bird. <laughs> like, have you ever thought that, like, just had a weird thought? And, and it was in that moment, I was like, man, look at the, look at the bird. Look at how, how it flies around. What an effortless life. A life, and here's what, here's what I said in my head and said in my heart. A life of no worries. And I don't know if, if, if we could be honest in here, but many of us, We've bought into the idea that we can have an Akuna Matata life, right? Means no worries, right? But how many of you know Disney's a liar? It's false! Because we have worry. These birds, they seem to be so calm and stress-free, and they are because they're birds, Birds, and this is what I'm thinking of myself on the boat. I'm sitting there, and I'm not even fishing anymore. I'm just watching these birds, and my mind's having just this party up, in it, up here. They don't, and I started to think to myself, they, they, they don't attend to the realities of a shifting and nuanced life. They don't have the responsibility of bills, relationships, jobs, health, kids, friends, kids, education, kids, <laughs> marriage, kids. <laughs> And a constant feed of information and access to what's going on around the world at large. Birds simply just fly. Must be nice. That's what I thought about it. Must be nice. Then I thought to myself, Jesus, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. <laughs> to have a bird's Life. And what's frustrating, if you've ever read this piece of scripture before or heard it, what's frustrating is that you read this piece of scripture and you're like, it's impossible because I'm not a bird. I have all of these things going on. And then what's even more frustrating is then we hear the backside of the scripture, which is seek first the kingdom of God and all of these other things will be added to you. We like that part. Many of us have heard that preached before, right? It sounds so poetic and, and, and romantic. The problem is, is if you really read into it, he's not promising much. He's not promising what we really want, which is a life of no worry. He said, just seek first the kingdom of God. These things will be added unto you. But the problem is, he doesn't say in that, it'd be a whole lot nicer if he'd say, seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to take all the problems in the world away, and then I'm going to give you everything you want. That's an awesome scripture. It's not there. So what he's doing is he's trying to get us to dig into this idea that we are going to live a life that has problems. And worry is going to be associated with it. So then he throws out this massive ask. And he says, don't worry. Sometimes it'd just be nice to be a bird. 
1969 classic, this is Earl Nightingale. Earl Nightingale compared worry to this, a dense fog that can cloud our vision, knock our perspective off kilter, and slow us down. According to several recent studies on worry, it's shown that 85% of what we worry about never happens. Think about that. Write that down. Somebody take a note say, you need to hear that 85% of what you are freaking out about right now never will happen. Okay? A meteor is not going to hit tomorrow, according to KSL. <laughs> right? I tried to look it up this week. I, 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 did, I did the research, and I couldn't, even, I couldn't even put a number down because the growing list of phobias is so great. Right? It's phobia after phobia after phobia after phobia. We have a phobia for everything now. And so we worry about things. Come on, am I talking to anybody today? And most of the worries that we face and foster, generally speaking, include worries over our past, which can never be changed, worries over things that we have no control over, the right now, and irrational concerns or fears about future things. Now, healthcare providers, doctors, and those generally involved with health would agree that chemicals released during extended periods of worry actually do considerable amounts of damage on the mind of the body. They call them worriers. And they're prone to headaches and to high blood pressure. As well, worriers in general, this is what the science community is saying, are just no fun to be around. <laughs> Could you imagine that diagnosis? The doctor's like, listen, you have worry and you're not fun to be around. <laughs> Take two, call me in the morning. <laughs> but, but it's true, right? And because of our worrying, we can actually at times feel, have feelings of loneliness and isolation, and we try to keep distance from people. And so worry is dangerous. And with all that said, I'd like to take it a step f- uh, further and add, add this to it. If you're taking notes, I'd write this down. The soul suffers as much as the body suffers when we worry. It's not just a mind issue, but it's a, it's a soul issue. See... What happens then because of our worry is then we try to do something that we're not supposed to do, which is we try to then divide our life into the spiritual and the material. And so we say things like, well, I'm going to trust God with this box of my life, but I'm going to worry about everything else. You ever been there before? And so we get into the system where we start dividing our life, but Jesus makes no such division. That's why he gives us this part of scripture right here that we need to dig into. He says, listen, there's no, there's no division here. Why worry about what you eat or what you'll drink or what you wear? I'm gonna take care of everything. I got you, so do not worry about tomorrow. See, our spiritual life has implications on our natural life, and our natural life has implications on our spiritual life. And many of Jesus' parables and teaching were used to highlight this truth. His desire was for us as followers of Jesus to be people who live whole and fully integrated lives, not lives divided by this idea that we are different people at different times. And the reason that Jesus dealt with this issue of worry is because worry is one of the greatest culprits when it comes to parsing out our lives into separate boxes. Come on. And so what we do is we say, well, I've got this job situation. I I, got to handle this. And I've got this family situation, and i got to handle this, and then I've got this situation. Everything this side of heaven, we believe, is ours to control and ours to worry about, but I don't need to worry about eternity because Jesus has got that. And as we discovered last week, how can we have faith for eternity and not faith for the now? 
See, our lives are not meant to be compartmentalized this way. Jesus is saying, no, listen, I'm in this box, and I'm on this box, and I'm in this box, and I'm in this box. I got your job, I got your family, I got your kids, I got your health, I got all these things. But, but what happens is we go, but then why am I sick? Why is my marriage? Why are my kids? And so we worry. Now, let's be very, very real about this. We are not to find ourselves in a place of worry for the sake of just being paranoid about everything. And we're also not to be flippant with stuff like, oh, I'm just not gonna care about anything at all. But how many of you would agree with me? Care and worry are different. Care and worry are different. See, worry causes us to make judgments about what God is in control of and not in control of. And so we've got to work through this truth. See, this is a, going to be a different message than some of us are used to hearing as we deal with worry because we live in a culture that's all about self-reliance. Come on, am I talking to anybody? Where are my A-type control everything personalities in the room? Put your hand up. Yeah, you put them up really quick. We usually do. Right? Because you wanted to control the question at that point. We have our lists, we have our letters, we have our A, B, C, one, two, three, this is how it's going to go, right? You think about tomorrow, and you already have how tomorrow's going to go, you have how next year's going to go, you have how two years is going to go, right? Come on, you have how the relationship's going to go, he's going to find me, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have such a romantic date in Park City, he's going to ask me to marry him, it's going to be everything like this on top of a mountain, it's going to be beautiful. And those swallows that Pastor Jason was talking about, they're going to fly above my head. Signifying that Jesus is good. Here's the problem. When we try to control everything, we're telling God that he's not God and we are. Let's put it this way, maybe to simplify it a little bit more and just kind of push it a little bit. Self-reliance is a form of idolatry to which you and I are the idol. I've got this under control. But how many of you quickly agree with me that what the past couple years has showed us is that we don't have anything under control. And that's why we're freaking out. That's why I think this piece of scripture is so important to us right now. So what I wanna do is I wanna look at uh, three provisions that, that Jesus has given to each of us that establish this, victory over worry. This does not mean that you're not gonna worry because worry is a part of our natural, and, and I wanna say this, okay? Can I just be very, very clear about this? Worry is not a sin issue. It can lead us to sin when I make decisions out of my worry in order for control. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta get that one more time. Worry can be sinful when I make decisions out of my worry for the sake of control. So I'm going to, I'm gonna make sure this relationship goes the way that I want to, so I'm gonna lie, manipulate, do what I need to do to get what I want. I'm gonna, I don't trust that, that this job's gonna go the way that I go, so I'm gonna cut corners. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fudge on my integrity a little bit, not do things the way that I should do them so I can get what I want, because trusting Jesus with my promotion is a whole lot harder than it is to step on my integrity. 
These are the real life, and this is what worry drives us to do. But, but God has authored some beautiful things in our life that I believe help us, give us victory over worry. Come on, someone shout victory over worry. All right, here's the first one. Ever shout number one? Here's the first truth. Sonship. He's given us sonship. I'm calling this the provision of security. In order to understand this at a greater length, we need to pick up on, on a theme we began last week, and that's the idea of being family. But remember, we have to see this in the most functional way possible when it comes to God as a father. Because what many of us do is we project the dysfunction of our family onto the function of God. And we can't do that because we have to trust him as a good father. We either believe that he's perfect and has our best interests in mind, or we believe that he simply, he, he simply uh, is the person that hurt us, the person that wounded us, the person that neglected us, the person that was never there. But I just need to declare to us today that that is not who God is. In the full counsel of scripture, I understand him to be beautiful. I understand him to be merciful. I understand him to be one who imputes joy and goodness into my life. He is a perfect perfect father. And then let's also remember just as like a, an asterisk to that, just because someone in church hurts you doesn't mean God did. Every time I do this, I'm just trying to make sure. He... But isn't that what we do? God didn't hurt you. An imperfect, fallible creature that by God's grace, for whatever reason, he's chosen us to represent him, hurt you. Right? I don't get it. I, that's like one of the questions I have at heaven. Like, why us and why cats? Those are my two questions. <laughs> I just, I need because I don't see him here. I see lions. I'm good with that. But cats. If you have a cat, I love you. Come back to church next week. Okay, sonship, the provision of security. Romans chapter 8, 13 through to 17 says this, because if you live according to the flesh, you're gonna die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will, you will live. For all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, here's Abba, Father, a better translation is actually Daddy God. And the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children, and if children also heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. So just, just an, a, an idea that we need to understand is that we can remain secure even in suffering. This is why Jesus says, do not worry. Don't you understand that you are my sons and my daughters? And if you are my son and you are my daughter, I have gifts for you. I have good things for you. It may not be the yacht that you want, but I'm gonna make sure that you are taken care of because do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about what you will wear or what you will eat or what you will drink. Stop worrying. And this is a message that for some of us right now is offending your head. 
Because you're like, but don't you understand? With like, here we go, another bet, like bury your head in the sand message. Uh-uh, I'm, I'm clear-eyed as to what's going on in the world right now. I'm very aware of the things that are happening in our, wor- in our world right now. But I just need us to know that just because things are happening in our world right now doesn't negate the truth that he's given us. Why? Because he knew all the things that were going to happen in the world, and he still told us, do not worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy now. <laughs> I just gave my age. The word translated sonship means placing as a son and is frequently translated adoption. Believers are adopted as sons and daughters, so they need not be enslaved to fear and worry. Why? Because adopted children enjoy the same privileges as natural-born sons and daughters. So instead of cowering in fear, Christians can approach God in an intimate way, calling him Abba Father. And the provision is this, is that I've got a good father who may not always give me what I want, but he gives me what I need. Come on, is there an amen in church today? This is important because when we do not understand whose we are, we're then, uh, if we don't understand who we are, and whose we are, then we live life insecure, unstable, and wandering, and worrying about everything. The problem is that for many of us, our worry has become our God. We've actually grown more, more functional and relationally attached to worry. Here's another way to put it. For some of us in this room, we fear freedom more than we fear captivity. What would I do if I no longer had my grudge to hold on to? What would I do if I no longer had unforgiveness to hold on to? What, what would I do if I, if I just gave everything to God and I didn't, and I didn't live in fear all the time? What, what would happen to me if I put down my phone for a second and stopped watching all the bad news in the world and trusted that God, this side of heaven, has everything in control? Can I just tell you that watching the news for two hours at a time to watch the next bad thing happening in the world around us does not help. What can you do by worrying? What can you add to your lifespan? I don't know, I would argue my lifespan has been taken away by so much worry. So sonship establishes your life as a life of victory over worry because we understand that God is working on our behalf to provide that which is needed because he is our father. At least for, uh, for like the most part hope. My son's sitting in here right now. Um, and... For the most part, I would like to think that my son doesn't worry about much in life. He doesn't worry when dinner's coming. He knows he's going to be fed, right? He may not be fed what he wants, but you're fed, right? Generically good food. They eat. They have the things that they need to take care of themselves, right? And occasionally, we like to spoil our kids until they realize that they're spoiled, and then we have to take everything away because I'm a good, good father. It's who I am. It's who I am. 
Do not worry. Come on, someone shout, no worries. Come on, someone shout, no worries. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop worrying. Turn back to your neighbor and say, shut your mouth. No, I'm just saying no. Here's the second thing. Everybody shout number two. Here's the second thing that we are provided with. We talked about a little bit. We highlighted on these. Remember, this series is like trying to just drill down more and more into the things that we're highlighting. Here's the second thing. Peace. Peace. We've been given peace. This is, I love this one. This is the provision of stillness. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord just on Sunday. Rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, you got overachievers. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about, here it is again, don't worry about anything, but in everything. Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, the things that do not make sense, the things that are beyond my comprehension, the things that just don't add up, the things that cause me to fret at night because it doesn't make sense, all with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, I present my request to Abba, Father, Daddy, God, and guess what? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. What does it do? It guards my heart. It guards our minds. In Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, do you guys love the Bible? Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything, any moral excellence, if there's anything praiseworthy, watch what it says, dwell on these things. I want to stop there. Every shout, dwell. dwell. This is an important word, dwell. Because dwell isn't just think about them loosely. The, the, the definition of dwell here, if you dial into it a little bit more and you study it out a little bit more, it actually means to take up residence in. To dwell in the goodness of God. That means to live there. To camp out there. To put yourself in a place where it's like, wait a second, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live in this space right now. I can live in social media world, I can live in gossip world, I can live in bad news world, but no, 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 me and my house, we've decided that I'm gonna dwell in the goodness of God. I'm gonna take up residence this side of heaven in the goodness of God. Dwell on these things. Do what you've learned and received and heard from me. And seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. I just want to help us out today. The first thing that Paul lines out here for us is right praying. Making requests known to God. Carries the idea of adoration, devotion, worship. Whenever we find ourselves worrying, our first action should be to get alone with God and worship him. I wanna, I wanna challenge our church today. If I can just be your pastor for a second, I'm not perfect at this, but we're, tr- we're trying to do, the, do this in our home as well. I wanna challenge you to not turn on your phone the first thing in the morning to check the news, social media, your email, or anything like that. I'm just wondering if we could turn praise on first. Yeah. Wondering if you could get up and get your coffee and just leave the, the, leave the worry mechanism 
I'm going to get my coffee. I don't know anything right now. I know nothing. Aunt Gina hasn't texted me yet that I know of. And I'm going to get my coffee and I'm going to put worship on in the background. Before I come to church, you mean worship twice in one day? That's crazy. What if we tried to replace every moment of worry with a moment of worship? What if you tried to equalize it? What if you're like, oh, that was a worrisome thought. Get the worship on. Oh, that was a worrisome thought. Get the praise on. Oh, that was a, wor- that was a worrisome thought. I'm going to get my prayer on right now. Every time I worry, I match it with something greater. Every time I'm frustrated, I match it with something greater. Every time I'm fearful, I match it with something more powerful. Why? Do not worry about tomorrow. A worry wart. That's a gross term. Think about that. I was thinking about that the other day. Somebody said it in a conversation. And they're like, yeah, just like, I, I'm just trying not to be a worrywart. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Why? At the end of the day, that's, that's what it is. The second thing he says, he uses this word supplication, which is an honest assessment. Here it is. Supplication is an actual honest assessment of the problems and concerns. It's not a denial so when, when, can we go back to the scripture, guys? When he, when he says these things, to present, like, the issues, I'll read it right here. <laughs> to present your quest to God through petition and thanksgiving, it's this, it's this word supplication. And it means to, to find our, ourselves in a place where we're honestly assessing what's going on in the world. It's okay to say, God, I'm worried right now, I'm scared right now. There's wars happening, and there's famines happening, and there's pestilence happening, and there's all these things happening. I'm worried. It's okay. I'm worried that I might lose my job. I'm worried that the economy is shifting. I'm worried about a disease. I'm worried about all these things. We can go to God with those things 100%. So I am definitely not somebody who's saying that the Christian church needs to bury our head. Believers need to deny. That's not faith. Denial is not faith. What faith is, is being able to say, this is what I see in the world around me, but this is who I know you to be. That this stuff may be shaking and this stuff may be moving, but oh, I've got a God who's bigger than that. So I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm going to worship my way through this side of heaven. Or the other option is, is just I stay in my home for the rest of my life. And I waste my vapor. I'll leave that there. Here's the second thing he says. He gives us right praying and then right thinking. Listen to this quote I found. Wrong thinking leads us to wrong feeling, and before long, the heart and mind are pulled apart, and we are strangled by worry. We must realize that thoughts are real and powerful, even though they cannot be seen, weighed, or measured. We must bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. Here's the question. What is your destiny including though? Because if we're not careful, we are so wrapped up with worry that my destiny includes worry. And then then I'm enslaved to it. It follows me around. You ever met the person? Again, this is, not a, this is not a shame message. I'm trying to set us free this morning. But have you ever met the person, you may be that person, where worry follows you around? Fear follows you around? 
around every corner? Come on. How many of you know that we look for it when we are enslaved by it? We turn over everything in every relationship that we have because we're worried. If I can be honest with you for like a moment, just a moment of transparency, as a young pastor, when we first planted this church, I used to worry all the time. Right? My first worry, anybody going to show up? Oh, sure, I was the, I'm going to invite the team back up here. I was the pastor, I'd stand outside. And when we first launched this church, Olympus Junior High School, some of you may know where that's at, in Holiday. And the first weekend, eight inches of snow. It was stupid. I was like, there goes my team. And so I stood outside in the cold and in the snow. And I watched on the sidewalk. I just watched for people. No one's coming. No one's coming. And what I did is I took the weight of our church on my shoulders. And it was like God. He's so, he's so awesome like this. It was like God to just allow a snowstorm on launch Sunday to show me that I've got no control over anything. Come on, but some of us still believe that we control weather patterns. Come on. If I'm A-type enough, I got control over everything. And then I watched. There's people started walking down the sidewalk. And I got giddy inside. I got excited. Look at all these people coming down. And I'd be lying to you if I didn't think to myself, our advertisement and our flyers and our, and our did that. And it was in that moment that God checked me quick. So you didn't do that. I did that. People aren't snow, showing up in a snowstorm because of your flyer. Come on, right? It's like, who do you think these people are? They're showing up because of me. Because I'm such a great leader, that church that launched with 150 people quickly went down to 40. It's awesome. Control. Control. And through the process as a leader, there's a pastor going, wait a second, this is not mine. I don't own this. And I definitely wasn't the one who coined the phrase, I will build my church in the gates of hell not prevail again. That's not my quote. Oh, wait a second. Here's once again another lesson of letting go. And it was in that moment I started to realize, wait a second, there's, there's something better for me this side of heaven. Instead of white-knuckling everything. Because it's all going to burn up anyways. That's why Jesus says, how many of you can add a single moment? Chris, how can you add a single moment to your life by worrying? He could right now be playing his guitar and he looks so like beautiful. <laughs> so in it and spiritually, like look at Chris, he doesn't have a worry in the world, but you know what? He, he could be worrying right now. He could be thinking to himself while he's playing. He's, playing. he's actually not playing anything. He's playing the song to, I need to get the groceries and I need to go home and I need to do this and I've got a long work week. We're so good at faking things on the outside, and then we are a turbulent storm of worry on the inside. Or you can let go and enjoy the moment and be like, hey, I'm going to drop my worry. 
Like Jesus said, sufficient is, is tomorrow for its worries. So I'm just gonna live in this moment, I'm gonna let go of things. And here's the third and final thing that I think is really important for us to understand, and I wanna close on this, that's offered to us in Jesus that I believe causes victory over worry, and it's perfect love. This is the provision of salvation. So 1 John 4, 9 through 18 says this, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he is in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his son as the world's savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love and the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because he is, so also are we in this world. And then it's this, here's the crescendo to this piece of scripture. They're like the, the creme de la creme of it, a bow on top, he says there is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. And I just need us to know today that in Jesus, we have been given salvation. In Jesus, we have been given the very thing that wins us, that gives us victory over worry. That this side of heaven, I can stand secure because there's that side of life. That I've got a better place that I'm going to. That I don't have to take up residence in my comfort. That I'm a resident alien in this land right now. That he's got something better for me. So no matter what the gates of hell throw at me, I'm going to keep on walking. Come on, someone shout, no worries. There's no worries. And hopefully today I've presented to you a different system, a different way. Maybe this, maybe this is a better way to put it, a new way to be human. There's stuff going on. And right now, I just gotta be truthful with you, church, the only thing that we can do is pray. And the only thing that we can do is petition. I do not understand all the ways that God does his stuff and does his thing. But here's the one thing that I do know. Like the song that we sang this morning, he is too good not to believe. And even in the midst of my storm, and even in the midst of war, and even in the midst of disease, and even in the midst of famine, and even in, in, in the midst of all the hardships that we face in the world, come on somebody, do not worry. Do not worry. I wanna invite you to consider the swallow. And in doing so, remembering that he has provided everything.